today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Eight days away from NFL kickoff on the 2022 NFL season. I can't get over that Thursday nighter. I hate when the season kicks off with Jacksonville and Atlanta. Bills Rams could be a legitimate Super Bowl matchup, Dumas. Oh yeah, I mean you take obviously obviously the Super Bowl champs obviously going to kick the season off, but then you give them an opponent like the Buffalo Bills, who's everybody's AFC darling. And uh, right now, the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> they are the betting favorite. Um, you know, that's a, that's a juicy matchup. Uh, obviously, SoFi Stadium hosting the Super Bowl last year will be rocking. I'm sure they'll be. Uh, that stadium will probably be about 60-40. I would think there'll be about a about half of Buffalo is probably going to be in that stadium. LA is that type of you know market where well. they travel. Yeah. You know, a lot of those traveling teams come in well, so. That'll be really exciting to see. New new season for the Bills and Rams looking to go back-to-back to be on the first team in well over a decade to try to go back-to-back. We'll uh, talk some more about the NFC East in just moments here. As our East NFL or West? Are we doing the East West. or West? West, we're doing the West. West, okay. NFC West. Okay. We'll do NFC West today. Um, and the LA Rams, the presumptive favorites to repeat in that division. We'll talk about them in just a moment here. But uh, it has been a busy day across the NFL. Mm-hmm. Lots of movement. Uh, perhaps the biggest move, though, is former Eagles first-round uh, pick back in 2020, Jalen Rager at 21st overall. Uh, he's been shipped off to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for a seventh-round pick and a fourth-round pick in 2024. Uh, here's the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport on the deal and how the Vikings plan to use the former first-round pick. Eagles are always going to be busy, as we've talked about. Howie Roseman has never met a trade he would entertain and this one has been in the works for several days former first round receiver Jalen Rager heads to the Minnesota Vikings now the deal is based based around a 2024 fourth round pick fifth round pick that could become a four there's also a seventh rounder in the mix as well and and for the Minnesota Vikings you know what they were looking for is not the you know top receiver to kind of come in there that's not what they got that's not what they paid for though Rager is talented they want someone to come in make their team be a returner be a solid returner and then we'll see what happens and you know if you're if you're the Eagles I think general manager Howie Roseman did the best he could to show that he was willing to keep Rager but it was clear this was likely going to be in the cards, they simply move on from a first-rounder who did not work. Eagles are- they move on from a first-rounder that simply did not work. Mm-hmm. That uh, probably an understatement uh, when you go from a high first-round pick to, I guess not a high first-round pick, but a mid-first-round pick Top 20. to um, <laughs> getting traded for a seventh and a fourth. Uh, you know things have gone wrong, so you uh, heard from Rapport there the move is going to be for him to be a returner for them and to find his way as an extra guy in mm-hmm. that offense because, as you and me talked about before, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and even K.J. Osborne uh, really mm-hmm. occupying those first three spots for Minnesota right now. So for Rager, I think this is probably best-case scenario. A team still wanted you. Yeah. You weren't cut in the wind like Alex Leatherwood was from the Raiders. But somebody sees something in you and you mm-hmm. can potentially grow without the pressure of being a first rounder in Minnesota. 
But man, that's uh, a tough one for the Eagles to take. You get a seventh and a fourth for a failed draft pick a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, uh, it fell fell well short of probably where he was expected. You know, coming out of TCU, sixty five catches and for six hundred ninety five yards and three touchdowns over two years. That's a decent rookie year for most of the guys. You know, especially the ones that were taken after. Rager, I, I've mentioned it off the top before. It was Justin Jefferson. There's Michael Pittman. There's Chase Claypool. There's Darnell Mooney. There's some big names that were taken after Jalen Rager, and uh, you know Philadelphia obviously needed a change of uh, change of scenery. Adnan Verk mentioning that you know he's just trading uh, trading Howie Roseman trading receivers to teams that t- took receivers that maybe the Eagles should have taken. You know, and Justin Jefferson in uh, in Minnesota, DK Metcalf in Seattle, but. Uh, you know, for for on the Minnesota side of things, this is a good depth move guy that can help them out uh, maybe in in the special teams as well. BC Johnson, who is probably penciled in as their fourth receiver, tore his ACL last week, so it was pretty thin after Jefferson Thielen and and Osborne. They were down to a rookie, Jalen Naylor. So you get a guy with some NFL experience in there. So you know, I, I think it's a good move. Change of scenery might help Jalen Rager. Not expecting him to maybe be a thousand yard guy ever, you know, but this could be a guy that can help out the Vikings in the immediacy and, and give the Eagles a, a chance to open up with their new receiver. Well, you know what it is to me is it's uh, the message of how quick things can change in the NFL. If you don't oh, perform yeah. not um, for long, no, the, those rookie <laughs> deals don't mean much. If you are not up to snuff, mm-hmm. really, unless you're a quarterback, I, I think yeah. everybody's up to, to being moved. How quickly Jalen Rager, you know, fell down the Eagles mm-hmm. depth chart and how quickly they felt they needed to replace him. How Roseman was not sitting there going, you yeah, look, okay, maybe as a two behind Devonta this year with another good year from Jalen Hurts, that maybe Jalen can be that yeah. guy we drafted him for. Nope. Yeah. Hasn't performed. We went out, we got AJ Brown. We're looking to move Jalen on. And how's it? Howie Roseman's that type of guy. If there's a, a trade to be made, he's definitely one of the more active general managers. But that's so like that's that's the bar is yeah. here. Yeah. And if you're not reaching it, mm-hmm. see you later. First round pick, seventh round pick. Don't care. Yeah. Who? That's a, a big one. So Jalen Rager, now men, member of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the other news today, uh, former Rams running back and Patriots running back, Sony Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, who won a Super Bowl last year with the Rams, was in training camp with the Dolphins, uh, did not make Miami's team, but found a home very quick. He was at Chargers practice today uh, as a new member of L.A. Uh, Here's Ian Rappaport once again from NFL Network on uh, the process for Sony Michelle to find his new home in the NFL. Sony Michelle is expected to be a member of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, quietly over the course of the past week or so, the Chargers, who have Austin Eckler, who drafted Isaiah Spiller, have been looking for a running back, really a complimentary number two type running back who come in, get some real carries, really contribute on offense. They end up with Sony Michelle. Flew in, uh, I believe, last night, or is either way, is there visiting today. I wanted to get through a physical. They are expected to sign him. So the former Patriots first-round draft, pick did really well with the Los Angeles Rams last year was cut kind of surprisingly by the Dolphins in camp ends up back in LA this time with the Chargers so Sony Michelle has a new home presumably as the number two back behind Austin Eckler and the Chargers mm-hmm. with uh, another offensive weapon I don't I think Sony Michelle some expected him maybe to be uh, a number one back Dumas we talked about this a little bit earlier seems like a guy better suited to, to spell off a number one Seemed like he fit in well with the Rams as part of that committee back thing. 
a lot of backs in, in Miami this year with veteran experience, not as many in the Chargers. This feels like a good fit behind Austin Eckler. Yeah, very much so. This is a guy that, uh, you know, didn't really even have a, a good, you know, wasn't maybe even the main guy at Georgia and then goes to New England. You know, maybe not the greatest thing. I mean, we know what New England's first round and overall draft has been the last few years. Not the greatest. But, again, this is a guy that gets a, another chance uh, who played well, won a Super Bowl last year with the Rams, doesn't have the nose of the building as well, going to the L.A. Chargers. And this guy had a really good camp with the Dolphins. Like Mike McDaniel, uh, this was a tough cut for them to make as as uh, they figure out what's going on in Miami. But, you know, this is a, it's a good move for, for, for L.A. And, you know, this will be Austin Eckler's, like, you know, this is a year that a lot of people are expecting Eckler to be a top three back in this league. And uh, keeping him healthy, keeping him fresh is key for Chargers success. And I think Michelle's a good backup to help spell Eckler out. So that's some of the NFL news uh, around the league today as we get set for kickoff next week uh, in between the Rams and the Bills. And uh, the Rams, one of the teams we'll focus on here in our 2022 uh, NFL division previews. We did the AFC West yesterday. Uh, figured we'd go NFC West today, Patrick. Uh, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Seahawks. We'll give our rankings at the end, but let's start with those LA Rams coming off of a Super Bowl win last year. They convince Aaron Donald to come back. Seems as though there was some conversation about convincing Sean McVay to come back yeah. as well. Uh, but both of them back in the fold. Uh, seems as though this team is primed for another Super Bowl run with Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. uh, but this time, instead of the usual suspects at receiver, uh, no Odell Beckham Jr. He's moved on. Robert Woods has moved on. Former Bears receiver Allen Robinson, uh, the big move on offense. How do you feel about the Rams heading into their Super Bowl defense here? Uh, you know what? I, I've been the Rams are, are an interesting bunch. This is a good team. You know, they, they lose Vaughn Miller, but they go out and add Bobby Wagner. That's a big get from them, adding him from a division rival in the Seattle Seahawks. Aaron Donald's back up, ready to go. Uh, you know, not named the number one player in the NFL by the players, and I thought that was a travesty. I thought Aaron Donald is the number one player, especially with that Super Bowl he had, probably single-handedly the reason they are Super Bowl champs, uh, especially the, the he played in that fourth quarter. But, no, this is a team. They they added Allen Robinson, who, you know, had a great time in Chicago despite the, the, you know, what the quarterback issues there in Chicago are, and this is a guy that's come from Jacksonville as well. where He has a chance to be a part of an elite group finally in Los Angeles. Uh, I think the one thing they're going to they're gonna really miss um, Andrew Whitworth on that offensive line. He was a rock for them, NFL Man of the Year. He was a big guy, the big anchor on that left tackle spot. So they're going over to Joe Noteboom now there. So they might see a little bit of a, a regression there. I think that that's probably a bigger loss than than some might think. But I think this team is, is ready, primed to go to repeat. We know how tough it is to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls in this league. It does not happen very often. Uh, 04 05, obviously the last time that a uh, team repeated the Super Bowl champs. Uh, we'll see. Sean McVay, uh, ready to go for another year. This is a guy that has more than football down the line. Like he, he can be a coach maybe for the next five years, but he's got more down the line. We know how good he can be. Uh, so I, I, I really do like the Rams. I think they'll be right around, uh, right around hanging around, getting back to an NFC championship possibly. Yeah, I like a lot of what the LA Rams bring to it. I like the moves that they made. I think Bobby Wagner is a huge one on that defense. I mean, look, any any defense that can post, you know, Wagner, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, the list goes on and on with Sean McVay there. I think that they're extremely well coached. I think they're as talented as anybody in this league. And I think that uh, being in the NFC, 
really means that if I'm being honest, they only have a couple of teams that I would really be scared of or nervous of them meeting up in a playoff scenario. Uh, I think the division is theirs for the taking once again. So uh, I, I like the Rams. Matt Stafford felt like he just had a weight lifted off of his shoulders coming out uh, of Detroit. leaving Detroit. Yeah. And that guy is dangerous uh, when he's like that. The relationship with Cooper Cup, I think Allen Robinson is a sneaky, sneaky good ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally having a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. Uh, running back, I'm, I'm still a bit nervous on. Can they... You know, there's a few of those areas with the Rams that you wonder about depth-wise if they'll be able to hold up, but uh, a super talented roster. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be considered the favorites to repeat this year. It's They're a, a great it's, team. It's just the O-line, I think, for me, is is maybe not... Uh, it could be a little bit stronger, but we'll see going forward. Uh, how do you feel with the Arizona Cardinals this year? Well... They've got the chance to be the third team in a row to host a Super Bowl in their building and play in it. Obviously, Tampa Bay did it a couple of years ago, and then L.A. this past season. Arizona, Super Bowl at State Farm Stadium this year. You know, Kyler Murray coming. He's signing a new new contract, uh, long-term solution there in Arizona after it seemed like they might have been headed for a divorce possibly, but... They know what they've got there in Kyler Murray. This is a guy, if he's engaged, he's one of the best quarterback, young quarterbacks in this game. Uh, you know, offensively, they're going to be they're going to be without uh, they're going to be without uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, yes, got a mind went away there. That's but, all right. But DeAndre Hopkins is going to be missing the start of this year after his suspension with PEDs, and uh, it's different. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is the right coach uh, for this group. Uh, I think it's a you know, he's a guy that maybe he's getting a lot more slack than he should, uh, especially with the way you know, the, the Cardinals started last year. Murray gets hurt in that game against Green Bay on the Thursday nighter, and they win one game the rest of the way. This is a team that the talent is there for sure, but it's all about getting the right mindset between the quarterback and head coach, and I just don't think the, the, it's right there. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the right guy to lead this group. Really? You don't... Uh... Don't have the faith in him. I don't. I don't. I don't like the Cardinals. I. I not with Cliff Kingsbury. Hmm. I think Kyler Murray is really good. I just. I just don't. I just don't see like the, the, once they get into a playoff situation. I don't think he's the right guy. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals. I think there's lots of talent there. I think there's still a lot of questions there too. I. I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, wondering about Cliff Kingsbury and that relationship. I, I just don't like how they handled the whole Kyler Murray thing this offseason. Getting Hollywood Brown is a good good, good get, too. Yeah, and then he goes and gets a DUI. No, uh, so No, it doesn't happen, actually. Uh, you really happen. shouldn't. Hollywood shouldn't Brown, you got enough money to, yeah. to get an Uber. Yeah. Uh, don't ever think that that's yeah. okay. Um, especially when you're making millions of dollars mm-hmm. playing football. You, mm-hmm. can, you can get a cap. No. Uh, super good way to introduce yourself to the uh, to the neighborhood of Arizona. By the way, um, there's just too many questions for me about yeah. about this team and about Kyler Murray. I just I didn't like the attitude that Kyler took this off season about look I, I need to be paid now I need to be paid uh, like one of the top quarterbacks in this league. I think he has the talent to do it. He hasn't done it, but anything. he hasn't done it. Lamar Jackson has an MVP mm-hmm. uh, on his resume He's got and playoffs. has playoff wins on his resume. Kyler Murray has none of that, and the mm-hmm. Ravens aren't willing to pay Lamar Jackson that money, so why in the world would the Arizona Cardinals pay Kyler Murray? Now, they paid him that because quarterback is so important, mm-hmm. and because if you don't have a quarterback, you really don't have anything in this league, and if there's a chance that you think Kyler Murray can be that guy for you, then you go out and do that, mm-hmm. but I don't like a guy that's so priority-driven 
about getting paid right away when he really hasn't accomplished anything compared to some of the other young quarterbacks around his age in this league. Um, it just, I didn't like that approach. Then you have the whole contract getting out about him, you know, having the, the homework, homework study thing. Yeah. Like that's just, uh, that's very weird and feels like a very untrustworthy team mm-hmm. uh, who gave him this money but had to have certain assurances in it. That's not a great feeling. Um, I think defensively they're strong. I think they're going to feel the loss of Chandler Jones. Um, J.J. Watt's not J.J. Watt of 10 years ago. No way. Uh, he's not the disruptor on the D-line that he used to be. Uh, so I think they're going to struggle this there. This guy, you can't even get him out healthy for eight games a year half the time. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a tough one. So I, I just I can't see them challenging Los Angeles in this. I know that's kind of where they should be when mm-hmm. you have DeAndre Hopkins and you have Hollywood Brown and you have Kyler Murray, but uh, there's just too many question mm-hmm. marks. Could they put together a good playoff season, a, a team that makes the playoffs? I could probably see that. But do I see them as any sort of real contender to the throne here in in the NFC, no, I really don't. Yeah, I, I tend. I, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't see Arizona making the playoffs. I think they're probably the third. It, it won't come to the ranks. I'll put them probably third in this division. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are a really interesting group. Uh, we've been talking about them all offseason mm-hmm. long, Patrick, because they handed the keys to the organization to Trey Lance and uh, had seemingly pushed Jimmy Garoppolo yep. out the door, only for training camp to come back and finish up with them restructuring it and bringing Jimmy Mm -hmm. G back. I liked everything that San Francisco did, and I actually liked them cutting the cord from Jimmy G and really handing it to Trey Lance and saying, look, this is yours. Don't worry about who's behind Mm -hmm. you. We drafted you. We believe in you. As much as they're going to want to come out and say that Trey's still our guy and we believe in him, he's going to be our guy no matter what happens, start the season 0-4 and see how many people are calling for you to put Jimmy Garoppolo in. That's the problem, yeah. is there's no leash here for Trey Lance because you had to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. You didn't do a good enough job in the offseason finding Jimmy Garoppolo a new home or bringing in a, a competent NFL backup yep. to Trey Lance that is good enough to maintain your team if Trey gets hurt, but not good enough that people are screaming for him to go in if you have a bad start to the season. And that's what I think the problem is with San Fran. Nick Bosa is extremely talented. I think George Kittle could be the best tight end in the league this year. I think he could take that title from uh, a Travis Kelsey. Uh, Debo Samuel is a great playmaker. And we'll see what Trey Lance is. I don't know what he mm-hmm. is yet. Uh, but I, I do think that's a mistake by that group. Now, a lot of people have lauded it for bringing him back at a no-risk sort of thing and he'll yeah. move on next season but I, I don't see it as no risk I'm a little bit worried about what the Niners did there with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo yeah Kyle Shanahan John Lynch they're they're a weird group with how they will approach business like in the earlier in the season like Kyle Shanahan's saying like hey yeah you're gonna be the backup here but if there's no if there's no other uh places for you to go like we'll we'd love to have you back uh straight up telling them like yeah you're gonna be the backup here and it is a weird situation. It does. I get it. You have that security blanket. This is a guy that, again, we we talked about it earlier in the week when the, when this news broke. This this is a guy that hasn't been around this group this summer. He hasn't been in the coaches' meetings, or he's been in the meetings, I guess, but he hasn't been practicing. He's been recovering from his shoulder surgery. He's been essentially sent to stay home. Like, well, we figure out what we're going to do with you, whether you're going to be released or or traded. There was no partners 
for San Francisco to trade with. Mm-hmm. That was a big contract that a lot of teams had to take on, and they weren't taking it for a guy that we don't know what you're going to get with who, how he is with his injuries and whatnot. So it's an interesting one with San Francisco. I guess they kind of cover themselves if, if Trey Lance does falter, but you're also like, hey, we invested a lot into this guy, and it's, it's not the easiest start of the year to, for, for San Francisco. You know, in Chicago, new regime there, that's always a tough tough place to play. Then you got a division rival in Seattle. Seattle, they're they're, they're going to be approaching a new group. Yeah, they're probably not going to be a very good team this year, but I know Pete Carroll's going to have them playing hard, and they're going to run the football a ton. Same like San Francisco. That's going to be a heavy game. And then you go to Denver on a Sunday night against Russell Wilson. On the road. Mile high. And then you have a Monday nighter against the Rams. Pretty brutal start for the season for the Niners. If they don't come out of that at least 2-2, two and two, I think you could definitely see Jimmy Garoppolo starting week five against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and to me, that's a, that's a massive problem for this team. Is uh, But on paper, I love the Niners. That is a good offensive line. That is a good defense. And I like and that is a good receiving core. Debo Samuel being there. Brandon Ayuk ready to he's gotten better each year. You know, it's a, it's a good group if they can get that quarterback situation settled out. I think, you know, San Francisco, 10 minutes away from a Super Bowl last year. Tart catches that ball. Holds on to that interception. Who knows what happens? The Niners might be Super Bowl champs. Uh, last but not least, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the season of turnover for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, long gone now are the Legion of Doom. Uh, some of their key linebackers over the years. Bobby Wagner's moved on. Um, I'm trying to think of the other linebacker that recently retired that was there for a number of years. Um, oh, cripes. Yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head. K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright. Thank you. Um, those days are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Carroll's still there, but most of these guys are gone <laughs> now. Uh, and Russell Wilson's gone now yeah. too. You traded him to the Denver Broncos, and mm-hmm. you are, have named Geno Smith your night one starter in a battle of what Pete Carroll called two number one quarterbacks yep. between him and Drew Locke. Um. That's a brave face to put on. Uh, I can tell you that much. I do not like this Seahawks team. Uh, I, I think they're in for a very rough season, regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, DK Metcalf's still a beast. I, I'll give him that. But do I have any faith in the the team getting it, the guy getting him the ball, or that running back situation, or that offensive line? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, it'll still be loud in Seattle. I know that. <laughs> Uh, but past that, uh, I don't have much faith in the Seahawks team, Duma. Loud maybe before kickoff, and then after that? No, it'll be loud. It'll just be because it's booze, not cheers. <laughs> okay, okay. That's why it'll be loud. I mean, yeah, I think we saw this coming for the last few years, that the Russell Wilson days were coming to an end in Seattle with the, the with the lack of playoff success and, you know, the let Russ cook mentality and whatnot. It just, it just wasn't working, and they needed a switch, and... I kind of like what Seattle did, you know, going, you know, reinvesting into that offensive line, using their first round pick that they got from Denver on, on, on an offensive lineman, Charles Cross from Mississippi State, who's really good, projected could be a long term left t- tackle solution there in Seattle for a team that really has had offensive line issues <laughs> ever since they got Russell Wilson there. Um, this is a team that's going to run the football. Rashad Penny's there. Uh, they used a pick, our second round pick on Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. This might be an old throwback to what Seattle was in Russell Wilson's rookie year. They're going to rely on a lot of people didn't expect Russell Wilson to be Russell Wilson, you know. So 
A lot of confidence in Geno Smith here. He had a decent preseason. He's going to have the receivers in DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett's there. Do I see them being a playoff team? No, but I do I see them being a three-win team fighting for first overall? No, I think this is a, a team that can win six, seven games and and be really competitive in a, in a super tough NFC West. Uh, let's do it then. One through four, uh, your NFC West standings, Patrick Dumas. Let's start at four. We'll go the Rams. I think they're, I think at four, sorry, not at four. Sorry. We'll go four. So we'll go Seattle four. <laughs> we'll start at four. Seattle yeah. four. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably be probably the, the last place team, but I still think they could fight for, for third in this Ooh. thing. Arizona is probably the third team. It all depends on Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray can take that next step, be an elite quarterback, earn that money. Cardinals could be a playoff team. San Francisco. Again, this is a quarterback situation. Trey Lance, is he ready? Around him, everything else is good on that team. So I like San Francisco. And then the Rams, obviously, defending Super Bowl champions. They've got got eyes to win another one for sure. So, yeah, I think uh, Rams win the division. I go different than you do. I am going uh, Seahawks four. Yeah. Uh, clear four for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the faith that you do in them. Okay. Um, I don't see this team sniffing the playoffs. That's just me. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I just don't see it. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with San Fran at three. Uh, I just, I, it's hard for me to put them at two when I have no idea what Trey Lance is. Mm-hmm. I just, I have no idea. They've got plenty of faith in them. Uh, I thought they did at least until they brought Jimmy back. Now I'm not entirely certain they have the faith in them that they should. Um, so we'll see. I still think there's a ton of talent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the defense a lot in San Fran, and I like Debo Samuel a lot, but I'm a bit concerned uh, about the Trey Lance situation. I'm going to put the Cardinals at two. Uh, I, again, I still, Kyle Murray's still talented. I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, the Rams are the clear number one. Uh, I think that uh, every every sport book and everything else that has them as a Super Bowl favorite again is is likely on track when you bring back the kind of talent they brought back. Uh, we'll see. It's usually, you know, the conversation of when you win your first title, mm-hmm. are you content with that or are you motivated to go out and get another one because you want to have that feeling again? Uh, we're going to get to find that out from the Rams pretty quick because they had been to a Super Bowl and lost it and had that feeling and had that driving them for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Now you've won it. Do you still have that chip on your shoulder? Do you still have that? Because you're going to be the hunted now. Yep. Everyone's coming for you. No one is going to have an off week against you because they know what you have. Mm-hmm. Can you do that again? Is Matt Stafford motivated? Is uh, Jalen Ramsey motivated? Is Aaron Donald still motivated? Yeah. Right? I- I'm not saying that they're going to fall off the map if they're not, mm-hmm. but do I see them as Super Bowl contenders in the same light if they don't have that sort of chip on their shoulder? We'll see. It's a super talented team. Uh, it's an interesting division for sure because I think lots can change between the Cardinals and the 49ers and a pretty wide open NFC. I think at the top, it could be any, anyone at the top. I think the NFC is a, a pretty wide open conference. So, and uh, those Rams will be challenged from night one because they have the Buffalo bills set to come to town uh, to raise their Super Bowl banner. They'll uh, welcome in Josh Allen and company night one next Thursday. As we kick off week one of the NFL schedule, uh, they then have the Atlanta Falcons, then some divisional games against Arizona, San Fran. They'll see Dallas and the Carolina Panthers before the Niners and the Bucks. So uh, a chance for the Rams to get off to a pretty good start, but they have a tough test against, uh, like you said, the presumptive favorite of the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Final segment of the show coming up. Patrick Dumas has your headlines. Don't miss them. Stick around. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. 
day long, we do the searching, the editing, the filtering. We find the good stuff, add some opinion, and call it Sportsnet 960 Headlines. All right, final segment of the day. Let's go home. One more thing to do before we head off to Blue Jays baseball. Aaron, what's left on the docket today? It's headlines. I love when Aaron does Lines. that. Uh, Patrick Dumas, it's uh, your show. Take it away. Blue Jays, that was a little more like it last night. Game had a little bit of everything. Marcus Stroman return, rain at the Rogers Center for a little bit. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez playing with a banged up foot, stepped up, making a tremendous grab and right early on, set the tone early. Uh, Strowman was tough, though. They got to him finally, they yanked him, and in the sixth inning, Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez trying to do it. He jumps on the first one, drives it out to deep right field, and Teoscar Hernandez has hit it out. The Blue Jays certainly will take advantage. Hernandez with number 19. Is a three-run go-ahead bomb to right field. Jays win 5-3. They take the series with the Cubs. Finale tonight. Looking for their second sweep in a week. Jays will send Mitch White to the mound. White has struggled really bad since coming over from the L.A. Dodgers at the deadline. Here's manager John Schneider ahead of tonight's game on Mitch White. Composure, stuff, competitiveness, everything. Um, I think he was a little bit unlucky um, his last start. And, um, you know, both had some balls in play and just some, a couple mistakes. But um, I like his I like his overall demeanor and consistency. And you know what you're going to get. You know what kind of um, effort you're going to get every time. So um, can't ask for much more than that as a manager. The manager likes him. Hopefully the offense can help him out, get some runs early on, and help uh, Mitch White have an easier night. Cubs will go up with uh, Luke Farrell, son of John Farrell, only making his second start of the season. Lineup news, George Springer will lead off in center. Vladdy getting the night off at DH. He'll, uh, he'll bat second still. Guriel in third and left. Uh, Eliano Kirk will bat fourth. Bo Bichette fifth. Matt Chapman sixth. Teos Hernandez seventh. Bo, uh, Kevin Biggio at first base will bat eighth. And Whit Merrifield will uh, round up the lineup and ninth at second base. Toronto still half game back in Seattle for that second wild card. Full game back at Tampa. In the American League wildcard standings, they still maintain a three-game lead over the Orioles and Twins. Logo, finale tonight, 5.07. First pitch will get you out there after us. Yeah, finish the sweep if you're the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a good spot get for Mitch White, done. it feels like, to uh, to bounce back and to get a better start under his belt. Uh, hasn't been a great Jay just yet, but uh, look, there's still time, and you're hopeful if you're the Jays that he can be mm-hmm. an important part of your team going forward. So. Uh, he's in the rotation tonight. Let's uh, finish it off good. I think it's important when you get in these spots to uh, to finish it off strong, give you a strong three of three against uh, the Cubs yep. that you didn't get against the Angels. So try and fix that. At least that would be a, a major positive for this group, I think. And they can uh, go back to 13 games above 500. We'll see if they can uh, get some help around the rest of the American League wildcard standings. They haven't of late. That's because the Rays and Mariners just don't lose. We'll start with Tampa Bay. They had to scratch their ace Shane McClanahan ahead of yesterday's start in Miami. Something popped up during the pregame bullpen sesh. Uh, looks like he's going to be out uh, 15-day IL with left shoulder impingement. Uh, they also placed infielder Brandon Lau on the 10-day IL. With McClanahan out, you're down to your, you're down your ace probably for two to three starts. So definitely a blow to this Rays club who's relied heavily on their starting pitching this year. 
Finale just about to get underway in Miami. Uh, Drew Rasmussen getting the start for the Rays. The Seattle Mariners, they kicked off a three-game set with the Tigers last night. They won 9-3 tonight, 5-10 first pitch. It'll be Marcos Gonzalez with his 9-12 record up against Tyler Alexander. And the two teams that probably have the best chance of getting into this wild card race, but they got to start winning. The Orioles and the Twins have also started new series. Uh, Baltimore dropped the opener to Cleveland yesterday as the Guardians continue to play impressive ball under Terry Francona. The Orioles did call up their top prospect. It doesn't stop. They still got more top prospects coming uh, for the stretch run. Uh, tonight, it was Gunnar Henderson, the uh, one of the top infielders in all of minor, uh, all of uh, baseball right now in the minor leagues for sure. Uh, tore up AA and AAA, posting a 297, 947 OPS, and 19 home runs down in the minors. By calling up today, Henderson will be eligible for the Orioles' playoff roster if they do get there. Baltimore and Cleveland currently underway. This one is uh, in the bottom of the second inning, uh, scoreless still in that one. And the Twins, they're just chugging along here. They win a fifth straight uh, last night against the Red Sox. They'll continue that series at 540. Yeah, if you're the Jays and you're looking at all this going on, you're probably a little frustrated that you haven't made up more ground. But just handle your own business. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're kind of looking at if you're the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, good teams are going to win games yeah. around you, and there's nothing you can do about that except when you get a chance to play the Orioles or the Rays or whoever it is yourself, you've got to make those uh, games count. So don't worry about what's out of your control. You've got the Cubs tonight. You've already beat them twice. Finish it off with a third straight win tonight, and, and you'll be just fine. You've already set yourself up well enough for the rest of the season that you don't really yep. have to stretch and, and look at the scoreboard every single night. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, last night wasn't a great one for you, but does it really matter? You, you won. Pick, you picked up the win. Yeah. So that's that's really what matters more than anything. So uh, there's lots of teams winning right now, lots of good teams securing their own playoff fates, mm-hmm. and just handle your own business uh, it would be probably what the Jays are dealing with right now. Toronto 19 more with Baltimore and Tampa Bay as we enter September to the CFL. This one came in late last night, just before midnight Calgary time, but TSN's Farhan Lalji reported that the BC Lions had made a trade for a quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr. from the Montreal Alouettes in exchange for a first rounder in the 2023 CFL draft. Adams has been on the sixth game injured list since week eight with a shoulder injury, but he is said to be, uh, he's said to be fit and ready to roll here soon. Of course, BC lost the uh, second year's CFL sensation Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke a few weeks back to a Liz Frank injury against Saskatchewan. That timeline for that injury is probably the rest of the season. So the Lions go out and get a quarterback that's been battle-tested in this league and can maybe keep BC afloat in a spot for a home playoff game. Uh, Let's hear from the newest BC Lion quarterback, Vernon Adams, who's also going to be closer to home. He makes his residence in Tacoma, Washington. Man, I'm very excited, man. You got playmakers all over the field, man. The offense looks stout. Just the whole team in general, defense, special teams, everybody's looking good, playing together. But definitely excited to get with this offense, man, get with these playmakers. Um, I know the OC, Jordan, I don't know him personally, but I heard some good things about him, Trevor Harris. And um, I'm just, I like what they do, man. I like how they get the ball out quick and uh, get the ball to the playmakers. And have fun with it. You know, the guys are always having fun celebrating after touchdowns. It just—it looks like it's so much fun, and um, I'm excited to get back to that, having fun. So the Lions were down to Michael O'Connor and Antonio Pipkin as quarterbacks. O'Connor was banged up uh, in that game against Saskatchewan last week as well, so we'll see what his status is moving forward. The Lions do have a bye week uh, over Labor Day. This is really interesting from a number of different perspectives, and uh, I guess it says everything about how the BC Lions see their team this year, even without Nathan Rourke. That, to me, is the biggest surprise in all of this. Mm-hmm. I wonder 
I'm wondering how injured Michael O'Connor is after that first game. If it's something more serious than uh, perhaps was let on and they didn't want to go forward with Antonio Pipkin as their number one, uh-huh. or if they just didn't have faith in those two team, uh, those two guys. That's interesting to me. Um, giving up a first rounder is, is rather intriguing in all of this because mm-hmm. you feel as though you're going to have Nathan Rourke back for next season. Assume, yeah. So wouldn't you want to bring on somebody that could help him sooner than later? It feels like a a very now move for a guy that I'm presuming is a rental. Um, so that's a bit strange. And probably the most interesting in all of it uh, is what Farhan Lalji added to his tweet last night when he broke it uh, from TSN that mm-hmm. this was something Gary Stern had blocked over the last couple of weeks when he was uh, still part of the Montreal organization. Uh, obviously the news earlier this week that he was stepping away, uh, didn't want to be part of the ownership group of Montreal anymore. He's a minority stakeholder uh, that owns 25% of the team but was involved in day-to-day operations, and he didn't want to trade Vernon Adams. Mm-hmm. That changes things considerably now. Uh, the Alouettes are going in a different direction, and the Lions make a big step at this. We'll see if Vernon Adams can be what they hope, and I'm sure when you go out and trade a first-round pick, you're hoping he can lead you to a great cup even without Nathan Mark. And one more from the CFL. Just uh, Riders head coach Craig Dickinson tested positive for COVID-19. He's currently in protocol. Is expected to return Saturday ahead of the Riders Labor Day clash with the 10-1 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. To do the NFL, cutdown day yesterday means chaos today for teams still trying to craft their 53-man rosters ahead of kickoff next week. The Philadelphia Eagles were uh, dealing yesterday, uh, adding Saints safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in exchange for some picks. And they sent out a failed first-round pick from 2020 in Jalen Rager to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, interesting enough, Rager was selected one spot ahead of the Vikings taking Justin Jefferson. We know how he's turned out for the Vikings. So Minnesota taking a second chance on a guy who, who has shown some talent but uh, hasn't put it all together. His, uh, his numbers are not there through two years, less than 700 yards and three touchdowns in 63 catches in just two seasons of play. So We'll see what happens. Depth ad for Minnesota. As well, the Bears uh, claimed Alex Leatherwood, a first-rounder from last year, off waivers from the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're no longer on the hook for the money that's still owed to him, about $5.3 million, I believe. Uh, the Bears obviously still trying to find that talent and bring out uh, bring out in a player who, yeah, it was a 17th overall pick just one year ago. The L.A. Chargers, they're boosting that running back room up, adding a former first-rounder in Sonny Michel, who was cut by the Dolphins. Tough cut, according to Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, and some cuts yesterday, former CFL names that have found homes on practice squads. Chris Streveler, who had a hell of a preseason for the Jets, was brought back on the practice squad. The Dallas Cowboys have signed offensive lineman Dakota Shepley, the Canadian, uh, to their practice squad after he was let go from the Seattle Seahawks. And a third rounder from last year's draft uh, by the Minnesota Vikings, quarterback Kellen Mond, picked up by the Cleveland Browns to be their third QB after they let Josh Rosen go. And I want to play this. This is from yesterday. Mike Tomlin, uh, as they get ready, uh, the Steelers get ready for their first season at quarterback uh, without Ben Roethlisberger since 2004. Tomlin's still not ready to name a starter. It'll likely be Mitch Trubisky or the first-rounder Kenny Pickett. Tomlin, not ready to make any announcements. Oh, you're not ready to name a quarterback, but how close is that competition you had in this last week? You know, uh, you know, who's to say it's not settled? I'm just not making any announcements. Um, because it's fruitless for us. We just got work ahead of us, and, and, and so that's not kind of on our agenda to make any announcements to, to feed the beast. We don't care about the beast. Would that be a distraction at all to the team, though, or the quarterbacks themselves? Not hardly. Are we the beast logo? Yes. Aaron's actually the beast. 
More specifically, Aaron is the beast. Yeah, look, I mean, Mike Tomlin's not wrong. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't. Hell no. He doesn't have to tell anybody, and um, it may be to his advantage, um, frankly, to wait it out to not give anybody any film on who his uh, starting quarterback mm-hmm. might be in Week One. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to have any effect on his quarterback. I think it's Trubisky. Yeah, that's my guess. Uh, he had a pretty good preseason for them, and uh, I don't like throwing rookie quarterbacks into uh, the fire. But this fire. is a guy who played a lot of college ball. He's a four-year start at that, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, same yeah but it's not the it's not the NFL. Was the most pro ready? Okay, okay. It's not. Uh, it's a lot different when guys are chasing you down at the NFL level than in college. I'm not disagreeing with you. He's also going up uh, first game against the Bengals. Yep. I, I don't. I don't love throwing him into that spot. So I, I don't think you have to rush Kenny Pickett into this. And mm-hmm. if he's not. A hundred percent. That's what you brought in Mitch Trubisky to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, from a strategic standpoint, Tomlin doesn't know anybody anything. He'll uh, he'll make his announcement when he's comfortable. I'm sure he's told whoever the starter is that they're the starter. Yeah, I think I think they the, know the, by the, now. The reporter is sure. implying that it's going to be hard on them to go back and forth is is simply wrong because Tomlin can tell them whenever he wants to. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's that you know this is Tomlin's decision. He's not letting anybody in because it's going to leak. He, he probably knows. <laughs> Why would he tell anybody? A couple more on headlines to wrap us up here. Uh, it's Canada at the U.S. Open. Four Canadians in singles action at Flushing Meadows. Rebecca Moreno kicked the day off, taking on Ukraine's Daria Snigur. Uh, she's a winner, taking out uh, Snigur in straight sets. Moreno ties her best showing ever at a Grand Slam, entering the third round. She'll take on China's Zhang Shui on Friday. Leila Annie Fernandez, uh, her, her game has uh, been delayed with Luda. Mila Samsonova at Grandstand. That'll go at 5 o'clock. As will Felix Ojealiasim and Jack Draper. They'll do battle on Louis Armstrong. And following that will be Bianca Andreescu doing battle with the 15 seed Beatriz Hadid Maya. Denis Shapovalov already moved on yesterday. So trying to get more Canadians to join Moreno into the third round. And Serena Williams potentially playing in her final ever match uh, at the U.S. Open tonight, taking on the two seed Annette Contaviat out of Estonia. Uh, Serena's 41 and 0 in the first two rounds at a U.S. Open. Could be tough tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens. As uh, well, it could be the the swan song for Serena. That's coming up at five o'clock on Arthur Ashe. Yeah, I've heard uh, Tiger Woods in attendance in, uh, in attendance Woo! to watch Serena. So, uh, yeah, potentially her last match and um, a friend and a, another goat mm-hmm. is in attendance. So. Uh, going to be a big crowd, going to be a loud crowd oh, yeah. for that one tonight, and looking forward to it. Should be great. Yeah, Serena will definitely ha- harness the power of that uh, U.S. Open crowd. And a couple more to close out. Some hockey stories here in Minnesota Wild. Uh, they're sending defenseman Dmitry Kulikov to the Anaheim Ducks for future considerations. And the Buffalo Sabres, they're throwing it back to the 90s with the return of the Goathead, the red and black jersey introduced ahead of the 96-97 season. The Sabres arguably enjoyed probably their greatest height of success as a franchise during that period, going to three Eastern Conference Finals and a Cup Final as well. They'll be wearing them on 11 occasions this upcoming season, debuting against the Blues on November 23rd. Dominic Hash wore this jersey, Jason Pominville, Daniel Bruyere, Ryan Miller, early Thomas Vanek, Miroslav Shatan, Michael Pekka. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Logo, your thoughts on that. And what, maybe what are some other 90s looks you'd like to see brought back as a third or a full time this year? Well, you're not going to mention the, the Sabre signing today? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't say his name. Uko, Uko uh, Pekka Pekalukanen. Pekalukanen. Something, something like that. RFA goaltender. 
I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I like the, I like the goat head jerseys. I think they're cool. Um, I'm a big blasty guy. Mm-hmm. I'm interested that they didn't use it for their reverse retro. They did last year. They had the the goat head with the blue and gold scheme. They had it as a reverse retro. Yeah, but that was as the shoulder patch, though. Yeah, yeah, it was on the it shoulder. It wasn't the yeah, main yeah. part it of the jersey. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? They had so, the Sabres thing on the morning. Yeah, that was on the side. So yeah. I was interested they didn't go that direction mm-hmm. for for that. It's going to be an alternate that we see mm-hmm. a lot this year. I believe they yeah. let the schedule out. It's going to be for a long time. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Uh, we'll see how it um, how it's relayed back to fans. I think in Buffalo you probably sit there and think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have that back. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, remember the good times. <laughs> Does it mean they're going to be any better on the ice this time around? No, not entirely transitioning time for the Sabres good yeah. young group that's yeah that's one way to put it you know in power in the goat head yeah he'll look good in that Pretty good look that's yeah. headlines thank you appreciate that oh you're welcome uh we're just moments away from sending you out to uh Blue Jays baseball this afternoon Mitch White gets the start for the Blue Jays they look to finish off the three game sweep of the Chicago Cubs before heading out on a long road trip that starts Friday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, don't miss all the action. We'll be here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and uh, for your viewing pleasure on Sportsnet West. Uh, thank you very much to the Calgary Hitman and the Calgary Stampeders setting us up with a couple of interviews today. We chatted with Hitman GM Jeff Chanel to start the show. Uh, training camp underway for the Calgary Hitman 24 days away from their home opener at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Make sure you check that one out. We also chatted with Jake Mayer, quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. He's getting set to get the start again for Calgary ahead of their Labor Day matchup against the Edmonton Elks. And we chatted with Adnan Verk on a Wednesday. Uh, he's traveling to uh, to get to the U.S. Open tomorrow. So wasn't able to uh, do his usual regular uh, Thursday slot. Got him on a Wednesday. You got to chance some tennis with him. So uh, always appreciate Adnan jumping on. We appreciate you listening. That'll do it for us today. For our producer, Aaron Howell. For Patrick Dumas, I'm Logan Gordon. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, all those interviews available for you at sportsnet.ca slash 960. We're back tomorrow on a Blue Jays off day. 3 o'clock. Ju- yeah, 3 to 6 tomorrow. Uh, so it'll be a little bit later. Uh, but enjoy the Jays and the Cubs. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.